Alternative Radio. Pre-roll time. The Cheers to Comics podcast is proudly brought to you by Inked Marketing Solutions and the Inked Marketing Solutions crowdfunded comic for this here episode is Enmity. Enmity on Kickstarter right now. Get it while you still can. Brought to you by Morgan Quaid and so many amazing other creators behind this. This is oh, this is good stuff. But from the brains of Morgan Quaid comes Enmity. Enmity is uh, well, it's it's about Daisy, Lucifer's estranged daughter, and she's got to save humanity by battling fallen angels in a post post-apocalyptic world. Um, well, brought by her father's recent unwillingness to fulfill his role as the devil. So, um, if you're into, uh, you know, uh, humor and apocalyptic and dystopian storytelling and strong female leads, then Enmity is the book for you. Like, honestly, I could have stopped right when it said Lucifer's a strange daughter. Bam. Into it. What are you gonna put her in? Oh, you're gonna have her go up against your dad and save the world? I'm into it. I'm into it. It's metal, and that's what I like in my comics, is metal. So head on over to Kickstarter now and back Enmity. E-N-M-I-T-Y. Mm-hmm. On Kickstarter now. Proudly brought to me to bring to you by Inked Marketing Solutions. Podcast recommendations, you ask? Brian Wayne here, co-curator of The Apocalypse, And I know that sounds gnarly. That's because it is gnarly, man. The Apocalypse. What is The Apocalypse? The Apocalypse is a culmination of the gnarliest podcast, independent podcast the internet has to offer. So instead of trying to go to Twitter the next time you uh, need a new podcast to listen to and try to get Twitter famous, podcast recommendations, please. Just think The Apocalypse, man. And it's ironic because The Apocalypse is only the beginning. It's only the beginning. Just go to podchaser.com. It's it's in the top list. The top list in the whole world. So whether you're looking for true crime, sports, uh, role-playing, uh, I don't know, anything, anything. Think of a podcast. It's on the apocalypse. It's like the apocalypse with a D. Hmm. And do not forget to follow the Apocalypse on Twitter as well. Once again, that is the Apocalypse. If you're looking for a podcast recommendation, the Apocalypse is sure to have something for you. Welcome back to the Cheers to Comics podcast. I am Brian Wayne, and this is episode 324. 324. The 324th episode of the Cheers to Comics podcast will be a creator corner. And the creators, plural, that I cornered on this episode, well, well, it's none other than Todd Hunt and Michael Flyzak. And, uh, oh man, they got a book for you. They got a book they're talking about called darling and i uh i'm 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 so into this that's why i brought him onto the show because it just it, it blew my mind i got to take a peek at it and good lord man good lord i'm going to honestly i'm not going to talk about this anymore i'm going to let them do all of the talking um for us <laughs> just for the sake of selling this book um cuz i'm not mm, i mean i might be able to do it some justice i'm not going to lie i'm legitimately excited about it but i'm going to let uh Todd and Michael talk about it right now so with no further ado i bring to you um well the boys behind darling 
Todd Hunt, and Michael Flyzak. All right, boys. Michael Flyzak, Todd Hunt, how are you, fellas? Hey, Brian. Uh, good. We're uh, we're happy to be here and to, and to chat a little bit uh, about Darling with you. Um, we 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 have our own podcast, but we rarely get thrown into other podcasts. So it's it's really fun to the the, the you know the weight's all on you. <laughs> the weight is off of us, so we can just totally come on and and bomb. Yeah, we're gonna try not to. We're gonna try not to just detour off as we normally do on our show, which Mike winds up just editing out anyway. <laughs> yeah. uh, that's great. Well, uh, guys, there, there's seriously, there's no pressure here. This is the most laid back podcast on the internet. Um, I, cool. it, I I'm. It's nice having the script flipped every once in a while, though. I got to experience that not too long ago, and I just found myself still trying to fucking interview people. Right, you still wind up landing in host mode, right? Exactly, man. Sure. Exactly. So, uh, yeah, no, definitely no pressure on you guys. Uh, I am. I'm. This is all the pressure on me, and I'm. I'm happy to say that because uh, you guys, you guys got something big coming here. Big coming out of Source Point. Source Point ain't no nobody. These yeah. guys, they 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 right. put out stuff that people know about. I mean, they, they they you win Ringos when you when you get into Source or Source Point. There's just a a damn good chance. So, uh, you guys have a book coming out called Darling. Yep, and uh, right. I'm super, super excited to talk about it. But we're we're talking comics here, and with comics, there's always an origin story. So um, I, I I gotta know, I gotta know where it all started for you fellas. Um, I'm gonna start with you, Todd. Um, okay. Uh, w- at what point in your life did comics just kind of cross paths with you? Um, I'm old enough to have comics uh, at one time delivered to my house. I used to have subscriptions where they would just kind of arrive in the mail, um, which was a really cool thing. And because technically it was a book, my parents were always cool with getting them for me. So I always had, I always had comics as like an option and I fell in love with them really early on. And I started writing comics with friends all the way back from about the age of 10. And Yeah. yeah, I mean, obviously not any of those went anywhere, but it was always something I knew that I wanted to do at some point. And I loved the way that you could tell a story with a comic. Um, and that's that's just never changed for me. Some of my favorite stories I've ever read uh, were comics and, or at one point were comics. And I think that's still, for me, the, my favorite way to tell a story mm-hmm. is through comics. But uh, I, I love hearing that, man. To know at ten years old, this is what you want to do. Do you do you remember what you know? Maybe creators or series particularly grabbed you back then. Back then, I was really into Spider-Man. Okay. Um, I'm trying to think of anything particular back then. I was really into the biographies too of like creators back then. So I had like a bo- a lot of um, I had a lot of I had a lot of books about how comics were made. And kind of the origin stories behind them, like you just asked. But um, I remember the first comic I ever wrote was with my friend Michael Gorman, who is involved with Mike and I as well, and some other projects we have going on. And it was called The Secret World of Kevin Darby. And it was about a kid who slips into fantasy uh, on and off throughout the day. And it was pretty good, uh, I think, for what for what it was at our age. And um, 
I think I've I think I slipped the name Kevin Darby into one of the first few issues too, Mike. I'm not sure. Yeah, I think I did. That, I think I did. Yeah, that also that might have been the contract. Also, you might have. You might oh, have it been. was. I think you're yeah. right. Yeah, one of the plays that we wrote. I might have slipped it in there. That's right, Kevin Darby. Um, yeah. So that that's me. All these years later, and here you are, man. With, with, yeah. with your buddy. That, that, that's incredible. That's a fucking origin story. Yeah, it's uh, cool. It's cool. Uh, Michael, what about you, man? Yeah, uh, mine's not nearly as good. Uh, <laughs> I, I definitely should have gone first because this is going to be a major letdown. <laughs> I love walking into bookstores and comic book stores, and I always have because I get this. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know. It immediately quells my anxiety, which is like sometimes crippling my social anxiety. But when I'm in a bookstore in a comic book store, I feel like all the answers are on the shelves to all my problems. And mm -hmm. I'm drawn to grab things especially in comic book stores visually that strike me so cover art is incredibly important to me and then if i flip it and read the first few pages and i'm like "Ooh, i love that i love how that flows i love the rhythm of that dialogue or that narrative i will buy it regardless um i'm like brand character agnostic i don't really care who it is right um i, I don't really have a favorite it's just all how it looks and how it vibes like sometimes i'll just scroll through you know, I'll just pop in, like, I'll check out the latest releases. So, you know, pop in on a Wednesday, Wednesday, what's new? Like what's going on? And I'll just look at the shelves and like, I don't, I don't care if I've never heard of it before, but something, you know, sometimes it just, it just resonates with me. I'll just look at it. And um, before that, you know, like, I don't really have any cool story like Todd um, and his buddy Mike about writing comics at an early age. I can't draw for shit. Um, it's all, it's uh, like, I'm still on stick figure level type stuff. Like my, my kids right. are already drawing much better than me. Um, <laughs> right. Also, I have like what my wife teases me, but might actually be real, like facial blindness. So I can't like I can't really <laughs> I can't really do do much at all at putting pen to paper. But um, so you're never going to be a characterist. No, absolutely not. You will never <laughs> find just me just look the, exactly the same. <laughs> right, you'll never find me artist. on the Santa Monica Pier. <laughs> right. right, like what are you a surfboard with a with a chihuahua on a leash? And uh, yeah, this looks just like the other guy. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I can't. I, I I I don't have that. But I do love to tell. I've always loved to tell stories, um, and to. Uh, all different kinds of stories, like really weird mashups. I'm also agnostic when it comes to the kinds of story. You know, I'm not like hard into sci-fi, you know, hard into drama, hard into comedy. I love it all and I will digest it all. Um, Todd and I always talk about like, this is similar in our video gaming habits that I like to play everything. And he likes to play kind of his old favorites and stick to familiar you know, the, uh, the rivers and in the lakes that he's used to and I'm chasing waterfalls. <laughs> right. So I'm always, so like, I just love um, anything new uh, that's coming out. I love to hear new voices. I love to hear new perspectives. And I feel like a lot of that is in comics, um, both in the art and the writing. Um, yeah, origin story, Not there's not really much there other than I've always, I've always loved comics and I just kind of grab what grabs me, I guess. I, I love that you say walking into a bookstore or a comic bookstore and being surrounded by all that stuff. Uh, you, you feel at ease because you feel like the answers are within those books. And yeah. uh, um, I mean, it, it, it kind of dates you in a way, in a, in a good way, uh, in, yeah. in a mature way, because uh, I'm in that same range where there was a point in time where if we needed answers to anything, if our mom didn't know and it right. wasn't, you know, 
8 a.m. to 3 p.m., then we had to go to a library to get answers. <laughs> yeah, right. Brian, I have a really embarrassing story. I once tried to learn karate from books that I rented from the library. <laughs> but, and I, you know what? It's funny because I was having this conversation with someone recently, and I think it's actually a really sweet, like, naive story, but like, I think it's really sweet that as a kid, I thought that like you could go to a library and get a book and you could learn anything from that. I think like what a cool, yeah. I, I think that I'll, I'll, I'll stick with that philosophy forever, quite honestly. Yeah. It, it, and it's, it's not amazing. just, it's not, yeah. And it's not just the fact that I think you can learn things from all these books, but also the characters that are like you and saying the things you feel are in these books. They're mm -hmm. in these pages. Well, that's so, why like, I like Spider-Man as yeah. a kid. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah, man. No, I, 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 I love this. So, you know, you, you've just kind of, you, you don't really have a flavor. And I like that because I was the same way when I was just kind of getting back into comics again. I, 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 the only thing I knew is like, I know I like Iron Man and I right. know I'm going to always pick up Iron Man. But beyond yep. all that, I'm open to whatever, you know, sure. and yeah. because of that, I mean, my, my, my library is extensive. You know, I, I've, I've, there's nothing that I really steer away from at all. I've, I've been proven way too many times things that, you know, you, you may not may think you wouldn't necessarily like in a comic. It's shit. You could be absolutely wrong once you you know start turning. Yeah, for sure. And everything. For sure. Absolutely. Yeah. And those are my favorite. Those are my favorite kind of pickups. Right. When yep. when when an author and an artist can make me care about a character who I never gave a shit about. Mm -hmm. Like right. never, ever. Like when I picked up um, uh, Alan Moore's Swamp Thing. Run. Swamp Thing. Yep. Yeah. I was going to say the same thing. Yep. And I was like, I was like, I never cared about Swamp Thing. I thought he was super lame. And then I just remember reading through all those and just. Like it was like just like a fever dream. I just ripped through them so quick. I kept buying them and buying them, and I was like, I love this. Yeah, Why do I love this guy so much. You introduced me to that. You were like, Oh man, I just read Swamp Thing. It's amazing, blah blah. blah. And I was like, Ah, not really into Swamp Thing. And you were like, Yeah, just read the book. And yeah, I felt uh, the same exact way because yeah, I just never, you know, felt yeah. that affinity to Swamp Thing before. Yeah, and that's what I love. Like I love when I get that when someone converts me. I'm like, Yeah, take right. like the most you know, like, like inaccessible, at least as far as I'm concerned, because, you know, certainly every character has their diehards. But, you, you know, I, I love that. I like yeah. convince me, convince me that this is a character on the page that can relate to me in some way. And uh, I love that conversion. I love that. It's like, a, it's like an awakening. For oh, sure. man. See, and you said your origin story sucked. Shut up, dude. Uh, <laughs> great, man. I love this. I love this. Um, I also have a bad heart that I built something for in a cave and it keeps me alive. But that's not important right now. <laughs> no, not at all. And I have a portrait somewhere upstairs in the attic that's getting older and older by the day. <laughs> uh, we're gonna You're going to die one day, hunt. You're going to die one day. It's not happening. <laughs> Oh man. Um, so, uh, Todd, you, you know, you, you said you knew from an early age that you wanted to write comics and you, you know, you, you had a, a writing partner from, from the get go. At what point did it become real? Like when, when did writing comics become an actual um, profession? Yeah. I, I met a friend, uh, probably about 10 years ago at this point named Sean Von Gorman, who you might know from Black Mask, Toe Tag Riot, a few other things. Um, we got together one day, um, just kind of thrown together at work and talked about how we both loved comics and we both were kind of at a point in our lives where we thought it was time to really start making them seriously, professionally. And he was an artist and I was a writer. So it worked out really well. That kind of rarely happens. You're always looking for an artist. I feel like it's like uh, the artist is like the drummer in a band. 
Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> although with the drummer, analogy. as long as they have a, as long as they have a drum kit, usually you're in. If <laughs> to right. be fair, so um, even if you're not the greatest artist, sometimes you could be in too. But Sean was great, and we jived really well. And the one thing that we both really clicked on was magic. And the other thing we clicked on was um, horror movies. Um, so we decided to create a series called The Secret Adventures of Houdini, which was um, stories of, there were historical fiction of the last years of Houdini's life when he kind of disappeared and then ultimately died suddenly. Uh, and we kind of used that as a, a launch pad to talk about kind of his secret adventures where he was really un, unraveling the supernatural events that were happening in the world and keeping them secret. So that went really well. We had a lot of fun with that. We um, published that through Alterna Comics. Um, Mike actually helped me to write some of the later stories, which we never got a chance to get out there. Um, but that was really when it kind of clicked for me. The right, right person at the right time. Yeah, you were the you were the real deal then. I remember really uh, you sending me a copy of the thing, and I was like, "Oh yeah. man, you're making comics. That's awesome." Yeah, yeah, it was great. And I knew then, well, the reason I sent you a copy was because I was trying to get you all the way back then. <laughs> yeah, you're like, anyway, so I, got, I, I need to write the next one. I need to write yeah. the next one. <laughs> what are you doing tonight? Yeah, right. <laughs> right. So, so uh, how long have you guys actually known each other? So I'm assuming this, this relationship didn't develop over this book. Oh, no. Yeah, no, we, knew, we, uh, we met... Uh, <laughs> in college in, in in a broad program uh we were abroad in in london and we lived in the same uh apartment um with like <laughs> with like 11 other crazy people yeah it was like and, 13 guys in an apartment meant for 10 yeah and uh it, it was just a lot of chaos but uh it was interesting todd was doing some theater over there so i helped him like learn and run lines yeah and um you know we would just stay up late uh you know just basically <laughs> learning the play and just you know ripping on stuff and you know drinking much better beer than we have here and <laughs> right. um you know it was it was fun it, it, it was a very weird thing and something i'd never been involved in uh before uh but was you know definitely you, you know todd was into theater and, and and acting and all that kind of stuff and storytelling and i was like oh, all right this is this is kind of something i've i've kind of you know played with a little bit before but like I don't know. We always knew at that point that one, we were friends and two, we wanted to work on a project one day um, if it ever popped up. And sure enough, I guess, what, 10 years later, Todd, something did pop up. Yeah, about that. Yeah. 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 We stayed stayed in touch on and off because London must have been 2003, 2004. I think so. Yeah. 2003, 2004. I think that's right. Yeah. Yeah. So um, this, this wasn't really brewing at that point, but we knew that, you know, like we, we made each other laugh, similar hobbies, and we were like, it would be great one day to just work on something together. So that was always just kind of put on the back burner until the till the right time. Yep. That, that, that's amazing. So, so Michael, you you continue to just uh, polish your writing at this point, or uh, up until you know the the point where you guys realize that um, Darling is 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 the project. Uh, what what kind of stuff are you working on up until that? Yeah, I was. Um... I guess for the most time between that, I was, I was in a band, I was in a small indie band and we had this like small bullshit contract, but like I was writing songs and learning how to produce things in the studio and, you know, gigging around New York city and then like a small tour of the Northeast. Um, So I was, I I was like still writing in that way. You know, I was still 
writing tons of songs and things like that. And also picking up freelance writing projects. Like I briefly did a stint for like the onion where I had to write like funny headlines and things like that. Um, They were all good. They were all good. Every one of them was funny. Just writing, just writing stuff wherever I could write, you know, it's just, it's just fun for me to do it. And it it doesn't always feel like a job. Um, Some of the things I, I picked up were a little bit more difficult, but for the most, for the most part, it was, it was pretty fun. And, you know, while I was doing that, I was working retail and, you know, just told everyone I was in a band for, for, right. for a while. And kind of as that was winding down uh, as, as it does, as you get older and start having kids and start moving out of the city and in, into the suburbs as people do, um, you know, like the creativity bug never really goes away. So uh you know, Todd and I just kept talking. We tried to write a television show at one point. We were trying to work on a pilot for, for, for TV. Um, then it was like a movie ideas we were kicking around, but still nothing really. We didn't have the traction yet. Nothing really caught. Right. But then, yeah, I, I talked to Mike Quick about helping me with kind of furthering the Houdini adventures. Uh, once I got to a bit of a roadblock in my head, I think I just had too many ideas and I needed them to kind of be filtered through someone with sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and <laughs> No, and, I, I, I'm, I'm looking for a filter myself right now. Right. Like, I, yeah. I understand that. I do. Yeah. I'm, I'm yeah, looking yeah. for a filter. I, I wound up pouring myself into the world of Houdini's life and found myself kind of with just pages and pages of things that could work. Um, so yeah, I definitely needed that sounding board, but as Houdini was kind of winding down um, for a few different reasons, Mike and I were kind of invited to work on a few plays and we thought, um, it was a re- it was the right time for us to do that because it was a project that we knew was going to get produced so it gave us that fire to do it right and do it well instead of just kind of working on a pilot or something that you don't know if it's ever going to see the light of day it felt really good to be like all right dude we need this script done in six weeks because it's going to be performed um yeah. and it was and it was great and it was fantastic and i look back on all these things that mike and i have shared together and whether it's, you know, the time we spent in London working on a play together from the from the acting side of it to writing a play to Mike being in a band to me working on Houdini, all of that stuff is in Darling. Um, we have a tremendous amount of music influence in there that Mike brought in. Um, we have a tremendous amount of really heavy dialogue that I don't think that we could have done as well as we did if we didn't sharpen those tools by writing two plays together. Um, so all of it kind of led to this place where not only is it this kind of stew of all of these ideas and thoughts that we have, but actually a place where we can execute them all correctly. And that yeah. I think has been, we look back and it's like, right, of course, this all makes sense. At the time, we were just hopping from project to project. But now that we look back, we're like, oh, my God, this wasn't a hop to hop. This was a path. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And sometimes we get like, like, especially with Darling, we would get like, um, you know, I don't know, on on issue two or issue three, we'd be like, oh, like, and this kind of connects back to this. And we're, and we always joke, we're like, it's almost like we did that on purpose. We never never do. Like, it's just, it's almost like we, we trip into, into plot beats and it feels natural for us. Um, Right. Because we've been doing it for so long. We do kind of know what we're doing. We're just not planning it out like that. Like we're not using Scrivener and Final Cut to like hit the beats we're supposed to hit at certain times, Mm -hmm. but we're just kind of, able to naturally do that now from the practice that we've had in all these different fields. Like Mike yeah, can write a song. He knows what structure's like. I can write a play. Like we, I know how to break things down into acts. Yeah. Um, so it's very cool. 
I, I love it. You, you guys both being able to take all your experiences over the years and then come together and like I said, right. put, put this thing together because it's, it's not just a standard comic. Like there's, there's seriously, there's so much into this. And I mean that in the best way. Um, there, there's, uh, there's so much to love about this. And I love that you, you, you brought up the, the, the music factor in here. Cause as mm -hmm. I was going through and reading the PDF, um, uh, you just yesterday actually i was blaring yellow brick road so when oh. i'm going through when i'm going through and reading this <laughs> like I, I was like oh wow it's in my head so loud right yeah. now like it's uh i mean i i'm i'm an i'm a music adorer i i don't have the slightest bit of talent when it comes to it but i i adore it and sure, well, um, musicians need their fans it's a big part of it yeah i, I just it's like the tattoo on the arm man not everyone's a superhero but even you know you gotta right. have the people on the curb clapping i mean uh, that's exactly. obviously not verbatim but just the, the, the things that you're doing here are so fucking heavy man yeah and it's, thank you uh it's and this is this is really um based behind something really really heavy i, I think this is originally kind of your story michael if i understand this right yeah so i, I guess kind of the you know the the fuse that blew up the keg that like the powder keg of ideas was um i lost my brother to drug addiction about uh, almost 10 years ago now and he left me a bunch of his journals like boxes and boxes of journals and scribbles letters he kept from people letters he kept from ex-girlfriends it's just it, it was like a huge like collection of just his stuff that had nowhere to go and from move to move, from apartment to apartment, I would just lug this stuff around with me. And then I just remember being like, I'm, I'm going to start going through it. Like, you know, like he, he, we were very open and like, he, like, you know, we communicated a lot. We didn't have secrets from each other that much, really. Um, uh, so, uh, you know, I, I don't think he really would have minded. He shared a lot of this stuff with me anyway. And a lot of it was song lyrics, funny enough, from from songs he was working on from our band, because we were in for a while. We were in the same band um, before he he just couldn't handle it anymore. Um, but, yeah, the he he, he passed away and uh, like kind of in like an exercising grief, I started to go through his stuff to try to understand like, what did I miss? Because he was doing so well. He struggled for a long time, probably for about eight or nine years with serious, serious addiction, starting with pills and climbing all climbing all the way up the poppy ladder to heroin. And it was incredibly tough to lose him because he had a few good months under his belt and his life was coming together. And then like he was clean. And I remember the night before he died, we hung out together. We watched a, like some bullshit basketball game. It doesn't even matter, but we were just sitting in my apartment and it was like normal for the first time in almost a decade. And, um, and I, and I remember feeling like so lucky that like my brother was back. And then the next day I found out that he had died um, from an overdose and, you know, he probably just went back and I don't know, just a moment of weakness. And that was that. But he had his own apartment and everything. And, you know, we figured out over the phone and the cops had to kick the door in. Very, very traumatic. Um, but he did. He left me these these journals. Um, and in there, as I started working through things, I started keeping notes just about my feelings and 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 about just anything that would pop up, whether it be people names you know just anything like like there's not really any bit of darling you know verbatim in those books there may be a phrase or two i pulled out but most of it um 
is you know he didn't write stories that way he was more like into poetry or he'd write like these letters to to girls that he liked or or relationships he was struggling with um or 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 letters to himself that he would just talk about was and dealing with addiction um and i just started i don't know i started putting together this weird collection of my notes on the side and i was like i have to do something with this i have to turn this into something good if i don't turn this into something beautiful it's going to be something ugly for the rest of my life so what i wanted to do with darling and i quickly reached out to todd because he had experience with houdini is i wanted to kind of create a world where my brother could survive and thrive and all i could i could keep all my inside jokes there all the stuff i loved about him i could keep in this comic and in this comic series and uh you know, like, because he's my only, he was my only sibling. So like all those jokes, all those inside jokes, all those, you know, everything now, like I'm, I'm on this last, I'm on this second part of my journey alone. I don't have a, a brother to call or anyone really to bounce off of. So um, I didn't want to forget any of the things I really loved about him or the stuff he did that made me laugh. So a lot of it is in here. Um, I can give you a few examples because uh, I know that you read the first PDF, but like when they throw him in the cop car and he asks if I can smoke in here, mm-hmm. long, long after the smoking ban in New York City, my brother would literally ask every venue we played at in the band or any <laughs> restaurant he walked into. He's like, can I smoke here? Am I allowed to smoke here? And whether it was yes or no, he'd smoke in there anyway. <laughs> and uh, that was just kind of the weird stuff he did. And not to be a dick, it was like charming. People like smile. His, his charisma was like unmatched by anyone I've ever known in my life. I didn't get the charisma. I don't know what I got, but uh, he got this incredible charisma that allowed him to really just get anyone on his side at any moment similar thing is in the diner when he's ordering coffee that's literally the exact way he would order coffee he'd say he'd say can you put like three or four scoops then he's like put just enough sugar in it that you think it's way too much sugar like it's going to kill somebody and then add two more scoops of sugar that was the way he ordered his coffee i heard him do that in dunkin donuts one day and it got the biggest smile out of the the woman at dunkin donuts behind the counter who was making his coffee and i was like he, he was just so him he couldn't not be him. And I admired that. And I was also a little jealous about that because I, I live in a very small box about the size of a phone booth. Uh, and and he just was him everywhere he went and unapologetically so. And I loved that about him. And I'll always miss that about him. And so Darling in large part is based on the character's name is Francis Darling in the book. But Darling is was also my brother's pen name. And... Mm. Uh, you know, anytime he wrote poetry or music, he would sign off Francis Darling. And the idea of why he liked Darling was he took it from the Peter Pan kids and he loved the idea of never growing up. It was a really weird kind of thing for him. Like he loved the idea of being young and doing whatever he wanted forever. Um, so yeah, it's, 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 I, I've been talking for a long time. I apologize. I got, I got diarrhea in no. the mouth over here, but that's, that, that's really the, the backstory is I, is I lost him and I just wanted to keep him around selfishly, um, you, you know, because one, my memory sucks. And two, like I needed a place for this to live. If I ever wanted to hang out with him again, I can pick up the book and just flip through it. And I'm like, that's exactly, you know, and that was important. I, and I spoke with Todd early on and I'm like, it needs to be like, that's not how my brother might react or what. And Todd very quickly picked up on who Francis was who my brother Frank was, who Francis was in this book and, and the kind of person he was. He, and um, one of the best moves Todd made was we actually got 12 pages into making this book and Todd was like, we have to throw him out. 
And I'm like, why? And then he's like, well, it doesn't, it doesn't really, it, it doesn't mean much. It's kind of like, it's kind of like bullshit. Like we opened it very dark and it was about New York city and like, Ooh, New York city in the eighties and how violent it was. And Todd's like, it has to be about characters and people have to like Francis right away. And they have to understand that even though he's a drug addict, you're going to like who he is, mm-hmm. you know, cause right. we, we, we didn't, we didn't want to make a call on it either way. We don't want to go drugs, bad, staying clean, good. You know, we didn't want to do anything like that. Like everybody struggles with addiction on every appearance I've been on any podcast, anything I've done, people I've reached out to people reaching out to me on Facebook. Everyone has a brother, an uncle, a sister, a father, a friend that they either lost to addiction or they've had to kick out of their life because of addiction or they deal with in their life on a daily basis who, um, and it's tough for them. And, there's a weird stigma around that. There's a weird stigma around talking about addiction and people who are struggling with struggling with addiction. People are ashamed. Certainly I was after my brother died, especially because he was um, very popular in high school and an all-star athlete on a baseball team. So, and he played at the, uh, on the college level at, at some pretty big schools, both at my, uh, Michigan and Miami. And uh, you know, he was probably like as close as you could get to getting a major league contract. And um you know, he just kind of slipped into the party scene down in Miami and that was it. He, he just kind of got hooked on different kinds of things and never quite recovered. He stumbled and never quite recovered. And um, yeah, it's just, it, it's been a rough road, but uh, all, all <laughs> that's a really long, long fucking answer. And I apologize, but all of that is packed into this comic series. No, no apologies right. necessary. Seriously, man. Like that's, this is exactly what, what I wanted to hear out of all of this. I mean, this is, like I said, I, heavy, heavy stuff. I mean, and I felt it all in the first issue. Normally, you know, admittedly, when somebody gives me a review copy right beforehand, I'm always, you know, it hasn't been released yet. I'm always reluctant to read it because I'm afraid I'm going to spoil something in this. But I, I looked through this. I was like, I don't think there's really anything to spoil. Like this is, yeah. I mean, right. it's, it, it's, it's a love letter is what it is. Yeah. And it's, yeah. uh, it, it's a thing of beauty. Todd, um, I mean, what's the pressure like when, when Mike's, Michael says, I, w- I want you to work on this very, very close, dear thing to me. I mean, yeah. uh, help me write this. I mean, h- how do you take that? I don't know. Um, I had never really thought about it that way, quite honestly. Mike and I have such a good relationship where it's just like this is something that we're going to work on. I know we're going to we're going to do it right. And there's certainly been times where I've pulled back a little bit or just let Mike have kind of final edit in certain areas just because I know that they might be closer to him than obviously they would be to me. But, you know, it was one of those things where it's like, well, what's what's Francis like why 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 are we telling why are people going to be interested in this story about this guy you know you don't want to I don't want to use the word like superpower but we have Francis going into this very dangerous very twisted version of New York City and it's like well how is he going to survive and I needed to trust Mike that his brother's charisma would be enough of a superpower and I think it it worked and I think it does work and it's consistently working as we're progressing through the story. But, you know, just the fact that, and I don't think we make it easy either when we do open the first book with kind of a look into who Francis is. He's not, he's not, he's not charming in a sense. Like he's not Jackie Mason. He's not like cracking jokes and like, but <laughs> you can tell that like, you can just tell that you know, he says just the right things to give you a clue that 
he does care. Like he meets an old neighbor that he lives next to and he cares enough about that guy's opinion and he holds the door for, you know, it's like, it's just enough where it's like, this is a good dude. Um, but well, see, then, I, I got a. I, I, are you familiar with Jean Michel Basquiat at all? Oh, uh, of the, course, yeah. Like course. Th- th- this is kind of what I was feeling. Oh, like that, like that type of dude. Like he, he, somebody. Yep. Yeah, he has his problems, sure. but yep. Jesus Christ, I mean, you, you can't help but love the guy. Yeah, because totally. all he wants totally. is to just be better, and everybody else around him to be better. Even though his his perception sometimes is a little clouded, but For in sure, his right. head, you know, I mean, right. it's like that's uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm yeah. a huge Basquiat fan, so it's funny you bring Basquiat up too, because the reason that um, we asked Dave Mims to do the art for this book is because his art is very reminiscent of Basquiat in so many oh. different ways. And when I thought that we had the option to you know, color and draw this book with an influence of Basquiat around it. It made perfect sense for the time of New York City, but also just appealed so much to our sensibilities that it was a perfect fit. Yeah, no, I, I really do think that the art fits this so perfectly. Um, yeah. it, it's, uh, it, it's, I don't know, it really just echoes the writing um, in, in every way. Like it's, it's, it's poetic visually at the same time. You know, yeah, while you're reading yeah. this, it, it's uh, I, there's and there's so much to catch. Like there's little things that I kept, you know, like uh, I, I, there, there's one point in time. I think he's reading a comic book. It looked like, you know, I was like, is he reading Fantastic Four? I see Fantastic in there. Like I was right, just, right, right. Uh, I'm zooming in on all of these things. You know, there's that, just so much that I want to pay attention to. I'm glad that you picked that up because you will see the cover of that comic at some point And you'll actually be able to read that comic at some point in the series as well. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, nice, yeah, man. yeah. A lot of the a lot of the characters we gave backstories in kind of uh, packaged as old, um, uh, old oh, comics. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Old, like, kind of like. So every, we want everyone to get a little peek because we we did uh, really build out this this universe to like give everyone like if if we had to we could blow this thing out like you know game of Thrones style or whatever and just have like so many different right. uh you know different factions and different kingdoms if you want to call it like, whatever like it's we really this is the tip of the iceberg for this kind of thing and we're hoping that we get to make make more um you'll, you'll see that in in issue two like the world kind of breaks wide open it's like a totally different um I don't want to say totally different because it's, 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 we, we build up to it. I don't, I don't feel like we pull the rug out from out from under people from readers, but it's, yeah. it's, it's a different, yeah. it's a different vibe. Go ahead. You know what I think it's like, is like, you know, like when you're in your bathroom at night and there's just a little bit of light on and you know, it's the same space, but it just feels like an entirely different space. Mm. It's very much like that. Francis does go into a very different part of New York city than he's ever been before. And we kind of will get to what that actually means. Yeah. It's uh, all the same stuff, but it's, it's a completely different light shine. On well, it. I could tell you from an outsider's perspective, reading this, you could tell that it's building up to something. You could sense that there's going to be some sort of change coming. So cool. uh, yeah, it, 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 it I don't think it's going to feel in any way, shape or form. Like I haven't read the second issue, but I don't feel right. like it's going to be like a rug coming out from underneath me. Cause I, I, I'm anticipating some sort of, uh, you know, like I said, just twist of some sort, something. 
Um, Because, I mean, that's just the vibe I'm getting from all of this. Yeah, we definitely tried to build it up in this first issue to to, to get that. So that's great. Thank you. That's yeah, thanks. That's that's one of the reasons why we had to throw out those first 12 pages is because we're like, this isn't building to anything. This is just us kind of like screwing around and seeing right. like how how dark and poetic we can get. And I'm like, but that's it was like, like hey, a senior great, right? thesis. It was like a senior thesis yeah. of like how to write right. a comic book, right? It was like right. yeah, yeah. We were like, let's just throw this out. That's not any fun. And what's and what's what's really interesting, and and this is all Todd, is that we we really we rolled it back. We focused on character, but we started talking a lot about Disney and how <laughs> Disney makes you love like love their characters fairly quickly, um, and kind of like referenced Disney a lot, especially when we were pitching things uh, to Dave Mims for him to draw. Um, but we wanted the idea that like 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 the the closest uh, you know comparison is maybe that like Francis is a little bit like Aladdin, right? Yep. He's kind of he's kind of like a he's like a street. He's like a street scamper, a street ratter, a survivor, but he's kind of an asshole. You know, like Aladdin like steals bread from people and his and his monkey is like throwing shit at people. Yeah. And, and and but like you're like, I, but I love this guy. You're like, mm-hmm. you, you know, but then right. he goes into the alley and he's like, riff, raff, street rat. Like, like, <laughs> right. I swear to God, I you just know? watched Aladdin last night. It's so weird. Like oh, we got Aladdin in here. Uh, we got yellow brick. Like this was my day yesterday. Yep. That's amazing. So yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah there's weird. lots so, of little references. We actually had a whole scene called Agrabah, Agrabah Market where he <laughs> was running through the rooftops. Um, yeah, I that was like one of the we, first we things it. that we ever wrote. Yeah, yeah another thing that we cut. Yeah, yeah because we really were was feeling we we're feeling that so strongly. Yeah, we well, we we uh, I think where we landed was probably the the Goldilocks zone of the right amount of you know the right temperature porridge yeah. or whatever. But it's right. uh, yeah, there's a lot of that in there. We really wanted him to be endearing. We wanted people to like him and accept him, and almost like like overlook the fact like okay, he's struggling. Like we wanted to, we we didn't want people to feel like any less about him or look down on him because he's struggling with addiction. That was very important. We never really wanted. We didn't want to glamorize it, and we didn't want to make it. Um, you know, shame it. Right. Exactly. 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 It's just a very, you know, from being on the front lines of it, dealing with it, you know, with my brother and having picked him up and dusted him off so many times, um, you know, and he definitely OD'd more than once and was brought back to life by the paramedics. Um, It's a, uh, it's a tough thing to be on the front lines and, and, and the, and you can't really tell anyone how to deal with it or react with it. Everyone kind of, especially the people I've spoken with, everyone has their own emotions and how they, how they process it. There's anger, there's love, there's support. Sometimes you're kicking them out of the house. Sometimes you want to keep them close so you can know what they're doing, but addiction is a beast. It's tough. Right. And we see that very strongly. We kind of, we channeled a lot of what your sentiments of this relationship with your brother was through Trixie, uh, Francis's girlfriend, who has kind of one of the starring roles of the first issue. And we see, you know, we do, we open the book with him breaking into her apartment and then asking her to bail him out of jail <laughs> because yeah. he got caught breaking yeah. into her apartment. So and it's that's like, just, yeah, exactly. That's, that's yeah. We kind of took a lot of that from stories that you told about, you know, how, you know, very similar to like the relationship. I mean, that story that you tell about, you know, just kind of like hanging out with him one night and then him not being there the next night. And it's just like, all of that kind of gets filtered in through this character who does love him tremendously and gives him as many chances as he does deserve. Um, and she's really kind of the main touch point in this issue to to show that. Yeah, 
Yeah. And that's, you know, that's kind of the, that's taken from real life experiences. I mean, I remember he, I think he sold my first guitar that I ever learned to play guitar on. And that I ever had in the band, he like flipped it for, for drug money probably. And, but even the way that he could like talk to you about it, it was like almost charming, you know, like he, like he, he didn't tell you it was for drug money. Obviously he was like, ah, but you know, we're going to flip it. We'll get some better gear. We'll get some better stuff that we need and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I'm never lining. (laughs) <laughs> yeah and i was right. like i'm never i'm not i was like i've never seen any of that shit ever again that's right i was like that's long gone but you know that it was tough for a lot of years and 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 all that um me working through that is in here um so you know it's like it's like i hate him that's in here i love him to death that's in here you know what i'm saying like it's right. just all there's no way around it it has to be both yeah, I, this, they, the diner scene says a lot man it really does like i, I mean when, when you read the um the the intro and you, you you know you realize what you're getting into and how you know how personal this is to you and then you get that diner scene and you i mean it's i don't know i think you'd have to be blind not not to i don't know just see things from your or your perspective as a moment or for for a moment you know yeah. i mean it, you, you can tell you know who's who's who in this situation and i mean but just just every way that you wanted it to come off is how I read it, man. Like there, there's, awesome. there's no good Great. guy, bad guy in this situation. It's just, you know, this, this is how we deal with the people that we love. We, we, we love them at their worst. And you know, it's, ah, man, it, it's, it's, it's heavy stuff. It, it is. And I'm normally not the type of person norm that, that actually gravitates towards a heavy read and comments, sure. but I very much look forward to seeing where this, the second issue goes because of that buildup and my, my love for Francis here, man. Like this is right. Yeah, well, we we do we do front load the heavy emotion in this series. Um, oh, I think in this arc, yeah, in this arc, in, in the yeah. first four especially, we try to we try to get that out of the way. So the the latter parts are a little bit more fun and 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 lighthearted. If 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 you can right, say that about this book, I think we even had a talk about when we lay this on them, and it was really important for us that it was at the beginning because. Yes, we're not going to have these diner scenes in every book, but if you can't connect with the heart of this story, which is really that diner scene, then maybe the rest of it won't be for you. Does that make sense? No, it does. Because we're not, we're not going to be asking people to, you know, grab a Kleenex every issue, but you do need to want to connect with it enough, I think, to stick with it and that's why we kind of front loaded it with the heart and the emotion so you get that and then we can go and explore this world that francis has to find his way through and i, I think mm-hmm. it's it, it's balanced perfectly because I, I don't want to come off and just say that you know that this whole book is just sad and you know uh, that, that's not what i'm trying to say i mean when sure. dude's screaming yellow brick road down the i mean because i could I, I could just see it like i i the right. way it's drawn out you know it's the way it, it, it's lettered like i i could feel the emotion he's not just like humming it you know he's belting mm-hmm. yeah, he belt, they're belting it yep yeah man yeah. and yep, uh yep. it's uh like uh, I, I crack a smile i'm like ah this is my shit like i fucking dig this jam you know it kind of like <laughs> yeah uh, cleanses your palate for a second and then you know you get right back it's, it's balanced beautifully guys it really is I, this is thank you thank, thank you. you i i can't wait for you to meet the rest of the characters in the series because they are truly inspired and uh, i think some of the more unique characters you'll find in comics uh, i believe you i, I really do um, <laughs> thank you uh so um how does uh source point get their hands on this thing 
we um we started submitting it about what two years ago, Todd. To yeah, anyone, about that. Mm-hmm. To, to anyone who would who would take a look, Source Point was high on our list because we thought that it vibed uh, with with their current offering uh, at the time and kind of their stable of of, of writers and books. Um, so they were definitely high on our list. We sent we sent it around. We submitted it. We went to Comic Con and I and I remember we handed. Mm-hmm. A copy back then, dar- it wasn't always called Darling. It used to be called Pusher, and okay. uh, I totally credit with my. They they didn't really love the name Pusher, and they're like, "You guys come up with something different." And to my wife's credit, she came up with with Darling pretty quick. Um, so <laughs> she kind of saved the day on that one last minute. Um, so we're like, "Yeah, it's Darling now. We'll change all the logos, no problem." Um, and we just wanted to be in business with SourcePoint. They were very interested about it. They were took the time to talk to us. Uh, they're great over there. They're very helpful. Um, it's a really good community of writers and people who look out for one another. Uh, it, you know, it doesn't feel like a lot of lone guns. Right. Um, so we, I, I guess the last New York City Comic Con, we kind of just went to the booth and we were like, hey, we've been emailing with you guys back and forth a little bit. We'd love to just drop off a couple of these physical, you know, we had physical print-ups of the first hundred pages, which is essentially the first four issues that were all in just kind of this mega, you know, essentially a trade mega volume. And uh, we were like, if you guys could just take these and take them back to HQ and let us know what you think, like, we'd love to, we'd love to be on source point And we think, you know, what you guys work on is great. And we, and, you know, see you soon. And then everything went dark for like a year and we didn't hear anything. And then I got a random email one day and, and this is kind of creepy because it, I got the email on my brother's birthday no. mm-hmm. um, on the end of, uh, not the anniversary of his death, but his, his, his birthday. And he, uh, someone reached out from source point. And they said, Hey, just to let you know, we're shutting down this submission email because we kind of merged with another company. Uh, but you know, uh, if you'd still like to submit the book uh, again, uh here's a new link and blah 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 and i was like yeah whatever and i told todd i was like hey that's kind of cool i I was like you know maybe nothing comes of it we we got so used to rejection that we don't get our hopes up about anything right Um, so you know we're like okay you know that's cool so i told todd i was like yeah man i just submitted it on the forum and sent the pdf again we probably won't hear about it and then like a few days later they were like listen the good news we'd love to make this book we just got to do some work on it we want to break it up into issues uh instead of just releasing the 100 pages it's just easier for logistical purposes and we'd love to have it last you know go longer and you know, over a, over over a couple of years so right now it's planned for and you know god willing fingers crossed we'll get to make them all uh it's planned for four sets of f- four or five sets of four and it all takes place over over one night it's all just one night of him uh trying to come correct essentially Fine. He finds an opportunity that he thinks he can kind of make everything right in his life with one fell swoop and win Trixie back and be a hero to the city. And he's going to go after it and he's going to try to stay straight the whole time. And that might prove difficult. So right. um, all, there's but, he, all kinds but he meets the best sidekick of all time. <laughs> yeah. So a human Swiss army knife. Yeah. Uh, so there's a lot of weird characters that 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 fold in. Uh, certainly, some of the favorite, my favorites I've ever written or come up with. Um, for sure. And and the dialogue um, <laughs> for for one of them is just my absolute favorite. Yep. So um, we're looking forward to people getting their hands on that. 
and um, continuing the journey with us because we have a lot of Darling to write still um, and even stories within the story that we would love to either do like one shots of or, you know, just like a mini arc of something, um, you know, because we Todd and I love talking backstories. And we love talking backstories that usually end up on the editing room floor or the cutting room floor. Yeah, but we won't write a character with the backstory isn't there. We won't even give them the time of day unless we know every single thing about this person. And then right. we can start to move forward. Right. Awesome. Exactly. Like, but Mike, where did he come from? Where why, Where did he grow up? Where, how, how did he become this person? It's like, I don't know. It's like, all right, well, then we're not writing it. All right, yeah, 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. If we can't, <laughs> right. I, I, think, I think the way we work best together uh, is that, I try to get Todd excited about something. And if I can, then it's got legs and, and vice versa. If and vice versa, me, for sure. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So if the other one's like, I don't know, then we're like, all right, throw it out. It sucks. Like, yeah. we're, like we, yeah. we're, not, we're not attached to it. It, it. It's really great when you kind of work with, with you know, your own barometer where you can right. just kind of tell immediately like, yeah, right. all right, maybe that wasn't the best idea. Todd has right. literally sent me texts, like whole long text messages that go that I, I'll be reading for 10 minutes and mm. I'll get to the bottom of it. And then he just goes, eh, you know what? Never mind. <laughs> he like fleshes, yep. he fleshes out these whole characters yep. and, like, and then he just flushes them down the toilet. But like, I know what, well, what always happens is like six months later, we'll be working on a character and you'll be like, you know what? Remember when you were like, he should be swimming next to his own dead body. I'm like, yeah. He's like, you know what? We could use that here. <laughs> yeah, like, let's bring back that one percent. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Uh, well, I'm, there's that, that's the beautiful thing about it, though. I mean, you, you never know. You never know. I mean, one idea right. could be shit at the moment, but be absolutely perfect in, totally. years and years later. So uh, yeah, we definitely feel that way. We've definitely recycled things from just thoughts that we've had, and uh, nothing's wasted. It all goes mm -hmm. somewhere. I'm loving mm -hmm. it, man. I'm loving it. So we're, we're, we're looking at, you know, uh, essentially like 20 issues out of this all taking place over one single night. Yep. Yeah. Jesus, man. Like, I can't imagine where, how, how I'm so excited for this. I really am. This cool. is uh, initially awesome. I thought, okay, well, I'm, I'm another book out of source point. It's going to make me sad. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, but it, it, this actually in some weird way also seems like a lot of fun at the same time it will time. be i promise i promise you yeah for sure yeah I, I don't think we're capable of writing something that at least i hope i i, I don't know the, the community will can can swiftly correct me on this if they right. <laughs> if they disagree once this comes out but um it, it, if we're not having fun that's a bad sign todd and i really like to do something where we're like ooh, that's that's fun that's a clever take on this that's the, the you know like let's work in a joke here it's getting a little too heavy you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. like or like let's it's it's like we've been throwing straight fastballs for the last three innings it's time to start throwing some curveballs and change-ups you know yep. um so uh we're looking forward to people getting their hands on it and and what's really awesome about it is that um i just want to make sure we mention this that every issue sold uh some of our proceeds are going to programs that are help uh that help battle the opiate epidemic so um, about 15% uh, of our, whatever Todd and I get from creator proceeds or whatever, and then SourcePoint's going to match our donations. So wow. that's really awesome of them to do that. Um, thank you, SourcePoint. Again, we keep thanking them for it, but it's very, very awesome. Um, yeah, and as cool is we did, we include, as you've seen in that introductory paragraph, our email address. And for anybody who's struggling with addiction or knows someone who's struggling with addiction, and just hasn't had the right place to go to, people can email us. And we've partnered with 
programs that will be able to help people in every state get help. Um, yeah. So That's they don't need to be in New York where we are. If somebody in Ohio just knows somebody who has trouble and they obviously don't know where to go, but they happen to read comics and the email address is sitting in front of them, they can email us and we're going to partner them with somebody who can get them help that day. That's darlingthecomic at gmail.com. That's, that's huge, that's right. guys. Yeah. I mean, it, to me, it's, it, it's one thing. Uh, to, uh, creating a comic in itself, I, I really believe, shows testament to a creator's character because there's not any money in this, especially in the early stages. Like, you don't get right. into comics to make money. Right. But, right. And even even looking past the you know the, the donation and the matching and all that, like I just it, it, it's a tremendous thing that you know creators do um, for mm -hmm. I mean just sure. society in general. But to take it this extra step and to take the little bit of money that you guys are going to get out of this, and even if you sell a million copies, it's only going to be a little bit of money because right. that's just what comics <laughs> yeah. are. Right. 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 Exactly. Um, right. And to 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 take out of that and continue to put towards the, the cause it's just it, it speaks volumes for for you guys as creators and humans and uh it, it, it i don't know man i i get uh, i i'm magnetized to to kindness there's not enough sure. kindness i believe and yeah shit like yeah this, we like, feel this the same is big this is big yeah yeah, I, I don't think, and this was always like our plan from the beginning. Like we couldn't do it any other way. I just don't think how I like, I I don't I don't know. I feel like it's it's. Yep. I wanted to honor my brother in some way, and do something to help other people. Um, really quick side story, if we have time. Do we have time? Absolutely. I don't know how. Absolutely. Okay. Um. So at his um at his wake, uh, the usual people showed up. Uh, you know, friends, his friends from high school, some other people I knew I hadn't seen for a while. My friend certainly showed up, and family friends. But then, um, and it was in this, you know, it was in one room, the wake. But then these buses showed up with people from all these different rehabs he'd been at, like these different buses, and they all knew him and had this. Story, they had stories about him about this whole other life that I never knew about. One kid was like, "Oh, your brother taught me how to play guitar." I was like, "Really?" I was like, "That's that's great." Like the whole time I was hating my brother, you know, for like tearing the family apart. He was doing his best to stay straight and also help other people. You know, he would. He's like, "Oh, your brother got me writing." You know, your your brother and I are going to write some songs together. Like I, I'd hear, you know, and or people would come up to me and just say, "Hey, I just wanted to." I just wanted to shake your hand and introduce myself. Like your brother was really great to me and helped me get through a tough time. And it was incredibly supportive and always made me laugh and, and just stuff like that. So they had to open up this whole other area because we had so many people show up to his wake. Mm -hmm. And it was like a real education for me that man, whole it's like bad about what done. some things he me like, like, when he's good and when he's in the light and when he's on the straight and narrow, like he's, he's still him in there. He's still being charismatic and helping these people and, and get it like getting to know them and their families. And like, he, like he just is like, he uses charisma for good and for evil, which is crazy. And that's why Todd talked about it. Like it's a superpower because it kind of yeah. was, he, he could easily talk you into something that you didn't want to be talked into and you'd love it the whole time. But he could also talk you into, you know, stealing things and selling them for drug money. Right. So, and that's exactly why we have him opening the book by convincing his friend who is too fat to get into a window and doesn't want to go into that window to go into that window, even though he clearly right. says he's afraid of heights. He's okay. just that good. But I'll one other quick thing and not, not to interrupt you, Mike, but that story about your brother and the wake 
and all of these people that he was helping when you didn't know he was helping them. That was the reason why I said yes to this project. That was the story that I said, okay, this, this makes sense. This is something special. This is a unique side of this epidemic that we're not hearing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, man, and I, and as somebody that really, uh, I don't have somebody incredibly close, you know, that I can necessarily relate this to anybody that, you know, I'd, uh, I've had this happen in my life. It's more distant. I guess I'm, I'm lucky in that sense. I haven't been face to face with it, at least on this level. But mm -hmm. uh, but I can tell you as somebody that can't relate in, uh, in that uh, on that level, it's it, it, it's just as gripping, man. It, it really is like yeah. I, I, I still feel it. I don't I don't know if it's maybe I'm just a little more empathetic than the normal human. I don't know. But it's I don't know. I, 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 fuck, I feel this, man. This is this is good stuff here all the way through. I, I mean, good stuff is putting it in the most caveman way. No, it's fine. Thank you, Brian. <laughs> we appreciate you. hearing it. Yeah, Mike and I have actually been working on this for, we started this five years ago. So to talk to anybody about it that's willing to listen is still rare and unique yeah. to us. I know it's we're going to be talking about it for a while, um, but honestly, you know, just to get a chance to talk to anybody who's read it is still very electric for us. So yeah, thank you first, so much for everything you've said. So far. Yeah, we really, we really appreciate it. The first 100 pages were done all exclusively over email. Wow. We, we never even I, I, I spoke to Dave Mims on the phone once. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've yeah. still never I've still never met him face to face. Uh, he seems like a lovely human being yeah. and he's a great artist and he certainly elevated anything we've ever thrown at him. So, um, you know, if he's listening, uh, Dave, you're the best. Uh, he's he's really I couldn't imagine doing this without him. And I love painting him into corners because I love to see how he gets out of them. I'll, I'll he always the most, does. Yeah, he always does. And he always exceeds my expectations. I'll give him some really weird, difficult thing to draw. And he's like, okay. I'm like, really? You don't want any of that yep. for me? No, no. He's like, I got it. No, <laughs> he got like, it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And we learned our lesson um, quickly when we started working with him that we could pretty much ask for anything, which just was such a nice thing for us as writers, because in the issue that we're working on now, the issue that we're writing now and Dave's finishing up, it, there's some really insane stuff that i feel like any other artist would be like guys there's got to be another way we can tell this <laughs> yeah i can't there's yeah. no way i can draw that but he yeah he does and he did yeah in, yeah in the 125 pages that we have done of this story so far i think he's pushed back twice <laughs> yeah exactly and it's you and, and it's usually with a better idea or he's like, he's right. like hey i move this panel to this page and this and this it just flows a little better and we're like yeah. okay yeah, <laughs> like yeah. i like that we've gotten really to that point great. with him where he's just like no yeah. i changed this and we're like yep that's fine and we're like yeah that, no that's better that makes yeah. sense well, he, he comes in hot on this book immediately yeah. opening page. You, you know what the fuck he's about. And then it just yep. somehow gets better and better and better. And I mean, it's I don't know it, this this Mims guy, this Dave Mims guy is on mm -hmm. my fucking radar because this is yeah, he's amazing. This is some next yeah, level. Here. I love that. It's I couldn't tell you who we I mean, who, who we would be trying to mimic or anything like that. The style he's Dave Mims. So yeah, unique. he's yeah. Dave Mims. Yep. Yeah. And, and And what's great about what I like, especially about it is that it's he draws for repeat reading like there's yeah. th there's shit you'll catch that like he hides graffiti and messages in all the scenes he'll hide hints of weird like h he'll foreshadow and you'll have i had no idea until something like he he'll call them out sometimes like hey guys i did this cool thing because this matches a thing back right. from 40 pages ago and blah blah and yep. i'm like dude that's incredible 
I'm like, those are the Easter yeah, eggs amazing. that people are going to love and look for. Yeah. And sometimes I just love flipping through and catching stuff that like, you know, I'm like, oh, my God, that little bit of graffiti he hid in the corner there. That's so cool. Yeah, I think that uh, the one of the reasons I love Dave is that I honestly feel like if you took every word out of the story, you'd still get about 60 percent of the story. And I think I could was, actually agree with that. I think that yeah, that's I, kind of exactly what we we wanted. Like, um, and I think you really nailed it. Yeah, yeah, you, you guys nailed a, a laid or a, um, fucking set up a hell of an artist here for this series. Yeah, that's for damn yeah. sure. Yeah, he's like great. this is. I don't know. I, I I really see this going the distance, guys. I don't think there's any reason to worry about it not making twenty issues. I think Source Point, you know, they're not going to put out something that that they don't believe in. Right. And um, yep. they're 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 an amazing publisher, and they yeah. they put out Ringo winning and sort or um, Eisner winning awards and or yep. yeah books, and I think this is right there, man. I think you're gonna connect with more people than you really anticipate. I know you said that you know everybody in some way, shape, or form has has somebody that can relate to this, but I think on even a, a further level than that, um, I, I I I really see this book reaching a lot of people much bigger than your than your anticipated audience i don't know that's just me that's just me but no that's great we hope so we certainly yeah. hope so oh man i'm 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 pumped for you guys uh, is this in previews yet or coming soon in previews yes yeah, so i think issue one uh is already maybe out of previews unless okay. we got we still haven't 100% clarification on that, but possibly. yeah, previous yeah, we were like that, man. They yeah. really, they really dick around with the, yeah. the, the, the indie creators on that. I, I feel yeah. bad. Yeah. Yeah. At we first were they were telling us gotten, one thing yeah. and then they were telling us like, Oh, we're going to give you an extra month. I it's so I have no idea, but you can, uh, if you go to previews world and search darling, certainly number two is, is, is there uh, to pre-order both the A cover and the B cover. We have variants for the first four and we have a lot of other interesting variants coming out. We actually have, um, we have Jim Mafu doing a variant for, for number one. Nice. Um, so that should, yeah. that should be coming uh, shortly. Um, he, I, cause he's, he's, he uh, teased a little work in progress. Uh, mm -hmm. So that's uh, really but cool. For and then, yeah, for anyone that's looking for the book to pre-order it, if you go to our website, darlingthecomic.com, we have at least 10, 8 to 10 retailers where you can pre-order it now. Um, so nice. regardless of you know preview codes or any of that stuff for retailers, if you're just somebody who's listening to this podcast who loves comics and like what you heard, go to darlingthecomic.com and you can click on a few different places where you can order uh, issue one and issue two and um either cover a or cover b so we'll have a we'll have two covers for all four of the first uh four books that are out yeah, yeah. we have like three or f three or four other variants lined up for issue one that are going to be really really freaking cool we brought in some really yeah. cool people um and i and i think source point has everything is that right todd i think you can go to source yes, point and, and, and preview mm -hmm. it and pre-order everything so you can go yeah. to sourcepointpress.com yeah and we link uh, to them from ours as well yeah nice. and you know you can you can find darling there um we we hope people love it and resonate and we encourage people to to talk with us and to reach out and if you have your own stories um you know we can certainly like we're not licensed and in any way professionals or you know we're not, we're, we're not counselors or anything like that but if you just need someone you want to chat with or just dump something on um i get it i was there uh and i'm available that's for, uh, to uh, field to, to field any emails
that's noble you guys it really is and like i said earlier this whole book on so many levels speaks uh of your guys's characters as as just people you know and i is the balance behind all of this is it's it's treaded beautifully i can't stop looking at it i'm not gonna lie when you guys said we weren't doing video i was really stoked because that means i could just stare at the screen and scroll up and down and up and down and that's what i've been doing for the last 60 right uh nine minutes is scrolling up and down on this um it's it's it's, it's, it's gorgeous I, I think i've read this comic three times now um oh, that's I, amazing and every time it's it's i just get more and more out of it i i, I love this i can't I wait really for you to read more we'll definitely have to keep in touch because oh, i think you're really, you're really gonna love especially uh issue two yeah, no, we're, uh, we're, we're we will be in touch. Um, yes. uh, anything you guys have planned going forward, even beyond Darling, I mean, y- you guys have a fan at least, uh, at least one fan right here talking to you. I mean, I'm awesome. <laughs> thank you, uh, thank you. Uh, yeah, I- I'm I'm digging what you guys are doing. Um, I'm I'm loving what Source Point Press is putting out. It's just it's a great time to be into comics, man. And yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, it is. Um, I would I would say for people who are interested in buying the book, I would jump on it sooner than later because there are some shops that have sold out already. Yep. Yeah. No, I could see that. I could see yep. that. And um, when I go to record my uh, my speculation polis priorities episode this week, I uh, I've already noted this down that people need to get on this, start pre-ordering it because I I have awesome. a feeling about this, guys. Um, man, uh, thank you so much, Todd, Mike. Thank for, you, Brian. For, for car- oh, carving out you. your time i understand how busy you guys are and uh man this is this has been an absolute pleasure to talk to you i, I it's good to know that there's for us i too. mean not that like i've had any doubts recently that there's you know we're, we're losing out on creators or anything like this there's not good stuff happening but to know that there's still more great stuff to continue to to, to surprise me right you know it's like right. like this it's i fucking love it man like we said awesome. at the beginning you never know and then i'm well, we should definitely do this again. We will. Yeah, yeah, we'd, we'd love, love to. We, we'd yeah, love like, to come back. Catch we up. Have, yeah, yeah. We we, uh, we can talk forever. <laughs> right. <laughs> Pretty much. I I I feel the same way. Um, speaking of talking forever, uh, you guys have a podcast. Uh, work work can people listen to you guys? Oh yeah, go ahead, Todd. Um, yeah, sure. We have a podcast called the Super Nintendo's Entertainment Podcast. Uh, that Mike and I host weekly. Uh, there's a few different variations of it. We have one where we kind of just as dads bullshit about the stuff that's bothering us th- that week and kind of catch up on uh, current game releases and other things like that. And then we have a show that we call The Mothership that we do with our kids where we introduce them to the things that we grow up with in order to try to convince them that it's all better than their stuff. Uh, what a often, hell of a premise. Yeah, this we often game lose. I play every single day. Right, right, right. We <laughs> often lose, and we also we often realize that maybe the stuff that we're pitching to them wasn't as good. So we're kind of destroying our memories in the meantime. Right. Sometimes we get to the end, and we're like, you know what wasn't that good? Yeah. Willow. Willow well, wasn't right. that good. <laughs> the movie and the NES game. <laughs> yeah. But oh, yeah, it's, it's all wrapped around a premise of gaming. And we also have another part of that show called This American Sprite which is a riff on This American Life, where we kind of focus on really niche <laughs> things in gaming that may have not re- yet been explored. Um, <laughs> yeah. So it's a lot of fun, and um, it's kind of Mike and I's way to blow off steam every week. And uh, yeah, we've had a really good response with that as well. So uh, definitely a different audience than I think we'll have from Darling, but I think there's a Venn diagram kind of cross-section that we'll meet in the middle. 
Yeah, sure. there, yeah, there might be. And uh, yeah. that's just supernintendads.com or uh, dads at supernintendads.com. Uh, people can find us there and on Instagram and on Twitter. And yeah, it's supernintendads on Twitter and Instagram. Yep. Oh, yeah. Right on. I'm going to subscribe. You're going to have cool. my, my, awesome. uh, my, my Spotify follow. That's nice. Cool. We, have a nice new, song, we have a new show releasing tomorrow morning, don't we? Yep. Sweet. Yep. Consider it downloaded, gentlemen. Awesome, my friend. Um, man, both of you, thank you so so very much for taking this time um i'm uh i, I look forward to the next chat i i'm 100 certain that day will come um i'm I, I look forward to all of your future success with this book i have a feeling that we're going to be talking ringos here next year for you and yeah. um i i mean i don't mean to get your hopes up but you should probably get your hopes up uh, <laughs> thank you <laughs> thank you so much thank you brian uh, yeah, yeah, no, it, it really has been my pleasure. You guys uh, stay safe. Don't stop creating, man. All right. Thanks, All right. mother. Thank, thanks. Take care. Uh, cheers. Thanks again, Brian. In a world of utter randomness, one podcast stood out from the bunch, and it was The Amazing World of Talking Shiz. <laughs> Sorry, I had to clear my throat there. Um, yeah, it's just mainly randomness. And focus is it's definitely not, being not focused on at all. No. Uh, our podcast is definitely um, no theme at all. It's literally random and talk about literally everything and throwing in random jokes at any given time. Yeah. We're on Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts. And- so go ahead, tune in. New episodes weekly. And we're international international very very well so tune in follow us on twitter see you there well there you have it another set of creators well consider them cornered another episode book it dano i don't think that's how the uh, i don't think that works here um it's it's that's it that's it thank you so much for tuning in um seriously go out and pick up Todd Hunt and Michael Fleezax, they're the, the darling, not the darling, darling. I stuttered there. Uh, excitement stutters. It happens. <laughs> Probably caught a few of those in the interview. Uh, seriously, coming out here uh, towards the end of June, you're gonna want to get at it, people. Get it on the shelves. I think it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be a thing. I do. Um, Source Point. They they do no wrong. Um, so, uh, yes, thank you so much for tuning in. Um, I, I really do appreciate all of your, your, your listenership and, um, well, your, your reviews that keep flooding in. Um, I use the term flooding loosely. They're, uh, they're streaming in. Streaming in. Not flooding. Not flooding. But you could change that. You, you, you can, you can open the doors, the hatches, if you will, and, uh, head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave those five-star reviews. Tell the world how much you love the interviews and the... Uh, the 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 pullist priorities episodes and all of that good stuff. Let them know, and it really does help this podcast. Every review, it's like uh, it's almost like donating money in a way. Only the thing is, is that you can't spend a review. Yeah, it's just there doing its doing its job constantly, constantly. It's it's it, um what 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 does money do? Um, it uh it's it, it's like it's always buying things, but you never have to get rid of it. I mean, that's that's the value of a uh, of a review on Apple Podcasts or anywhere else you can leave a review for that matter. Head on over to podchaser.com. Remember, while you're over there, follow hashtag the apocalypse list for all of the best 
independent comics that uh, the 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 well we can come across over here at the Apocalypse, and the list continues to grow rapidly. So check that out as well. Thank you. Once again, I command that you uh, stay safe and you read responsibly. Cheers, fuckers. You're listening to Cheers to Comics podcast. Hey everyone, I'm Monty Michael Moore, and this is the Cheers to Comics podcast with Brian Wayne. This is Drew Zucker. You're listening to Cheers to Comics podcast. This is Mark Russell, and you're listening to the Cheers to Comics podcast. Good morning, Brian Wayne here to tell you about my new podcast, The Real Brains. The Real Brains podcast is a show coming out daily dedicated to the everyday struggle of just the average human being. From troubles with rage to uh, anecdotes about uh, very strange human interactions, this podcast really is just a uh, somebody that's all too familiar with the struggle. I'm here to let you know that you are not alone, so come laugh at uh, our pain together every single weekday, every place you can catch a podcast. I got the real brains with Brian Wayne. Remember, stay sane.